0: Hi everybody to our today's episode of IAF Talk. Today I have with me Kylie Hatton and Petra Frank, our two facilitators from the seminar we are currently conducting here in Gummersbach at IAF. Kylie, would you like to introduce yourself and also tell us what connects you to the topic of the seminar on local politics? Good afternoon. Um, My name is Kylie Hatton. It's a pleasure to be with you on this podcast and to be here with my colleague Petra Frank. Um, I am working with Petra on the local government and citizen participation seminar. Um, This is a two-week long seminar that we run at the Academy. I have been running the seminar with Petra for a number of years now and we've really found some lovely insights and benefits for the participants of the seminar. Um, I'm currently the Director for Communication and Marketing at the University of Cape Town and previous to that I was the spokesperson for the city of Cape Town um, and I also worked as a local government researcher in Parliament in South Africa and also um, as the spokesperson for a few mayors preceding that. So my years of experience of local government feel quite long, even though they're not necessarily the current experience. Petra, welcome, and it's a pleasure once again to be working with you and to be doing this podcast with you.
1: Well, welcome also from my side. Happy to be here together with you, Kylie. Um, I think it has been quite some years, and I always am amazed by how current still the questions are that we um, talk about in the seminar. And it also helps me a great deal, um, with my political engagement and my involvement, and also with um, with my current job, as I work as a researcher and employee for the parliamentary group of the Liberals here in the state of North Rhine-Westphalia. So I'm in particular in charge of the uh, municipal affairs, the local level, um, and that's also my day-to-day work. Apart from, of course, also being involved with local politics myself. So. It's very peculiar situation, maybe here in North and westphalia I am a council member on of the Landschaftsverband, which is kind of a regional parliament um, that deals especially with schools for, pu- for pupils with uh, special needs. So that's uh, where I'm also the spokesperson for my parliamentary group. And I think
0: what's really interesting, as you say, we've been running the seminar for a number of years and. No matter how many times we feel like we are revisiting old topics, there's always something new and there's always something changing and evolving. And I think particularly with local government and active citizenry at the moment, and the importance of it is the conversations we're having not only in Europe but actually across the world around inclusivity and about finding ways to embrace a diversity of people and a diversity of, of views. And in this seminar, there has been a lot of conversation about how, at the local government level, beyond any other sphere of local government, you have the opportunity to create community and you have the opportunity to find ways of creating community communities that liberals feel comfortable and are able to engage in and I think with the speed of the change in our society at the moment with the rising levels of for example populism and in some cases other versions of the similar views this idea of creating communities at local level has been a theme that has run throughout the seminar of the last few of the last week
1: most definitely And I find it's also something that particularly we as liberals struggle with. So on the one hand, we want people to be part of communities. We want them to engage uh, in different associations and clubs. Um, We hold traditions dear. But on the other hand, we also don't want people to stay there. We want them to be members of different communities, maybe. We want them to exchange ideas. Uh, We want them to acknowledge that there is not only the lifestyle that they know and maybe the clubs and associations they belong to, but there's also maybe a different set of ideas, different traditions, different religious views, and... I guess the question or the challenge for local politicians and local politics always is to ensure that there is a dialogue and that there is diversity and pluralism with, within your city.
0: And I think one of the complexities, particularly around pluralism and diversity, is that at local government, we as liberals rarely stress the importance of citizen involvement in the decision-making process and in the seminar of the last week or so we've really been looking at different ways innovative ways and solutions that we can encourage citizens to participate in local government ensuring that their voices and the voices of different communities are um, included and I find the The fact that despite the fact that technology provides us with many solutions and opportunities which we've discussed, often it's that benefit of that face-to-face, one-on-one experience that really um, identifies that for people. You know, when we were in Monheim on Rhine looking at the citizen center that they'd created, there you saw a lovely combination of a smart city where you had a one-stop shop where citizens could be supported with multiple municipal tasks in one space. So they had the benefits of the technology, but at the same time, they also had this opportunity for one-on-one engagement because Despite the technology, there is always this push for the ability to talk face-to-face with someone.
1: And I think in our days, just the face-to-face interaction is underestimated. So, of course, as liberals, we always try to um, provide new technologies. Um, We are in favor of digitalization because it gives you a wide range of opportunities and possibilities. But on the other hand, often, especially on local level, It's all about different interests and how to bring them together. So I find it's very important to have different interest groups come together and exchange. And I think we have seen some really nice examples where different groups with different interests came together, they had a discussion, they were maybe very confronting in the beginning, But in the end, they managed to come up with a common solution and a solution that everybody could live with. Um, And that's maybe what makes local politics so interesting, that you have the people present. It's not some abstract concept that you're discussing, but it's actual people that come together and that, that are thriving to find the best solution for their city. So I think with all regard to um, new means and uh, digitalization, we should not forget the importance of listening to each other and being open-minded for the diverse interests and different groups within your city.
0: And I think we've seen some, as you say, some very nice examples of how we can find ways of the technology and um, that face-to-face contact coming together. But as you say, at local government level, this is really where the daily issues that affect people are dealt with. My quality of life is significantly impacted if the public transport system doesn't work and their technology can help us. My daily life is significantly impacted if I have to queue for an entire day to get my car license renewed or if I can't get planning approvals through. All of those things impact me on a daily basis. And I think, as you say, that's the really interesting part about local government. And I think is it the nub of, the, of all the discussions that we've had throughout is this principle of including people in decision-making. Because I think much of the political debate we, that we've seen has been about people who feel excluded. And they feel that technology, globalization, whatever it may be, hasn't created a space for them. And here in the local government sphere, you have an opportunity for communities to be created and to take advantage of the... Um, And to take advantage of the technology to use it in such a way, not just for technology's sake, but to use it in such a way that the citizens can benefit and that their conversations can be enhanced and supported with technology. I think what I really enjoyed about much of the conversations is once again being reminded about how competition is always necessary, And that because with competition comes innovation and with innovation comes an improvement in service delivery. And I really liked some of the examples that we've seen where municipalities have improved the quality of their services. This has resulted in an improvement of the quality of life for their citizens. But then it has resulted in other municipalities reacting to that environment and forcing them to think about innovative ways. And what really impresses me and pleases me is that in that process, it is the citizen who benefits. Because that competition always forces that change to be more, to be better, to improve the quality. And, but, but with competition and with all of those things, there are some necessary preconditions, which we have also spoken about this week.
1: Definitely. And I think that's also something maybe where we are often misunderstood as liberals because competition doesn't mean or is not uh, contradicting cooperation. And they both go hand in hand often. And I think we've seen that as well. Um, so it's rather, for me, innovation is the mindset that you have. It's being open to something new. It's, for instance, seeing citizens as clients and neighboring cities at the same time as competitors, but also as partners, so the role that you're taking is changing from time to time. So um, maybe um, your neighboring city can be a partner, especially, for instance, with regard to public transport and interconnection between different cities. But at the same time, you're also looking for your competitive advantage. So what distinguishes me maybe from the other city and where can I, where can I move forward, where can I be more innovative than other cities in my region? So I guess that's, um, that's an important part um, to consider. And then you also mentioned uh, the framework conditions maybe for competition. So I guess that's another misunderstanding often. Um, competition is not good just to have competition. There is prerequisites that you need. And that's, for instance, strong institutions. So we've seen some really bad examples of privatization happening. And I guess that's where the bad reputation also comes from. So what we really need is strong institutions and good framework conditions. Because it's not really, it's of no use to have a private monopoly instead of a public monopoly. That doesn't help. So once again, competition needs frameworks and strong institutions because otherwise it's just useless and i
0: think i cannot and i cannot overestimate how important that is because i think you are absolutely spot on that it is the issue that has probably hobbled liberals and their arguments around service delivery the most because we there has almost been a view of privatization at all costs without looking at those critical framework conditions without understanding that if any privatization if any competition, if any public-private partnership is going to be looked at, you have to have a rigorous rule of law in place. You have to have a strong government and you have to have clear regulations so that you can hold a public, like you hold a public entity to account, you can hold a private entity to account. And that's absolutely critical. And I think that for me, it leads ni- very nicely into one of the, the threads that's also come through the conversations with our seminar, which has been about future-proofing our cities. How do we build our cities now for the cities that we are expecting in 20 years' time? As I said at the beginning of this discussion, the speed with which we are embracing change and the, world with which, uh, the speed with which the world is changing is dramatic, And that requires us in local government to be able to respond to that speed of change. And how do we put that in um, to make sure that our cities are not equipped for tomorrow but they are equipped for 10 15 20 years time and that goes back to the point that you made about what are those what are those critical framework conditions which are necessary for successful uh, competition of service provision and similar what are the effect what are the critical framework conditions that we have to put in place to ensure that the local governments that we build now are effective for the future and i think one of the things that came through for me was that Yes, we all are we can all be we could all be entranced by the sexy, smart city conversation where you know you'll wave your hand and lights will come on, and you know your home will open automatically and all of these um, all of these sci-fi type things, but actually it's about that core infrastructure that cities need to build. How do we build cities? where technology is able to build on top of it. So what is that basic infrastructure that, metro, that municipalities need to put in place to ensure that we are able to develop smart cities of the future?
1: And I think that's the important point of the future. Mm. Because today we don't even know what technology is to come, uh, how our vehicles are going to move, how will we actually... Um, which infrastructure do we need for the city of the future? We don't know that now. And we have to prepare for all the things that are to come. So I think the most important thing is being open for new technology. And once again, it's the mindset of not thinking that we have achieved something now and that's it. There's always something new to come. And the, the change has become so much faster than in previous times. So what we as good politicians should do is prepare for the unknown and just be open for for progress and innovation. And I guess as liberals we often see the opportunities and the chances that come with it, but at the same time I feel we are also protecting important um, important values with regard for instance to uh, privacy or data. Mm. So there is a difference between being open for something new and just riding along with it, mm-hmm. with it. We should also see the risks and just make sure that our data is protected, that we're not su- surveyed 24-7, that actually we can enjoy some privacy and that maybe our data is used in an, an- anonymous way to make it more comfortable for us, but, but that shouldn't affect our private life and our privacy at home. No,
0: and I think it's an op- I think it's a great opportunity for liberal for liberals to come to the forefront of the debate around you know once again the sexy topics like artificial intelligence, augmented reality, smart cities. It's for us to come to the forefront of that debate and say embrace these opportunities, but embrace these opportunities responsibly, so that <clears throat> so that citizens benefit, not that they find themselves suddenly surrounded by a world where they actually don't fit in. And it goes back to the point that we made right at the beginning of this discussion about making sure that your citizens feel included. If people feel excluded from the system, they will become destructive. And I think this emphasis that we've seen throughout is for me a golden thread that I think makes the conversations about local government even more important going into the future. Because it is at the local government sphere where we are looking at the ways that we build communities, where we encourage innovation, where we encourage competition, where we look at the different, we look at what our cities of the future could look like. And throughout all of that, we look at how do we keep the citizen at the heart of that? How do we make sure that they are felt that they are, they are. At every level. And in many respects that goes back to what liberals are about, which is about the individual. But the individual is part of that bigger community at local government.
1: Definitely. I think it also goes back to the point that we should not forget about face-to-face conversations. And there is a lot of fancy new technology and we all love to use it But don't forget to just have a face-to-face talk, and I'm very happy to have this (laughs) today with you and to be able to have it during our seminar with all those participants from all around the globe, Mm. which gives me so many interesting new ideas and new perspectives. So I'm really grateful for that. I couldn't agree with you more, and I think it's a lovely way to
0: almost round off our conversation, is to say that the benefit for you and I with a seminar like this is that we are presented with viewpoints from across the world. And it's amazing and fascinating for me and reassuring that regardless of where people come from in different parts of the world, there are the same issues that we're all confronting, we're all being confronted with. And how do we, in our, in our family of values, find ways of moving through that in such a way that our citizens benefit So once again, it's been an absolute pleasure to work with you and um, to our participants who were part of the seminar, who enhanced the conversation. We thank them very much. And thank you very much for your time this
1: afternoon. Yeah, and thanks to all of you for listening.